When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. This is, uh, I have a guest here for the first time, uh, and his name is Robert Earl White. And uh, he has a YouTube channel that's uh, very popular right now. It's uh, Order of Light. I, I will leave a link down there for it. And he's uh, someone like me who talks about UFOs and had some of his own experiences. He also has a, a, a very successful TikTok uh, channel right now, and I'll leave links for for that as well. Um, but uh, thanks a lot for coming today, uh, Robert. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time and uh, and, and to talk about different uh, aspects of this phenomenon uh, that you're mm-hmm. um, most certainly uh, after I've, I've I've known you for probably about a, a few months now, and uh, I've I've done a show with you, and we talked about this before, and um, it's. It's, you know, there's a lot of people like us that, that know something's going on, something's here. And, uh, but before you even get to that, I, there's one question because I know a lot of people are going to be wondering this. Uh, how long has it taken you to grow that beard to that length? <laughs> uh, it's probably been around seven years. Seven years. Seven That's how long years. it takes. Okay. And it's one of those things where when you look in the mirror, it, from my perspective, it feels like it's never growing. It just feels like it's, you know, halted. But when I look at pictures from a few years ago to now, then I see it. But to me, it just feels like it's just stuck. It's topped out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very interesting. Uh, seven years. I was, I, I don't know. I tried, I didn't know there's a take 20. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't sure. So seven years to get it to that, that level. That's, that's well. And everyone's different. Uh, few weeks ago i was at a festival thing and there was a guy that had a beard down to his belly button and i said uh you know how long have you been growing that he said two and a half years i said what what <laughs> like I, i've been i've been working on this for seven years and uh, it's, it depends on the genetics i'm just uh thankful that i'm able to grow one at all so <laughs> Well, I, I used to be able to grow one, but as you can see, like I have some, you know, it's gray now and I eh, I don't want to, you know, <laughs> get it go get get it too too uh far advanced because it's you know, I'm getting older and uh, and, and just for my uh for the people that are listening to this uh, rather than viewing it on YouTube on my podcast, uh I, how 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 long is that beard would you say? It's like ZZ top uh level. Yeah, it's ZZ top length, uh, for sure. Uh, let's see. I would say that it's from like that part going down. I would say just about a foot, maybe, hmm. maybe a foot long. Wow. Well, congratulations yeah. on, on being able to get to that level. Yeah. Uh, 
So anyway, uh, I want to talk about, you know, you, you, you had an incident that you talk about a lot on your channel and, and I've talked to you about it before, uh, in, in New Jersey from the, in the early nineties where you were witness to, um, a UFO crash basically. And, and it was in lower Alloways. Is that what, uh, uh lower Alloways Creek. Yes. Lower, lower Alloways Creek, uh, here in Salem County, New Jersey, the southern part of the state uh it's right up against the delaware bay so we had the delaware bay and the delaware river and right on the other side you would have like dover delaware or, and all of that area we lived right there in new jersey uh it's no man's land cut off from major highways uh nuclear plant uh that's the only thing in the town is the nuclear facility which uh, the creek uh, that runs off of the nuclear facility actually went behind my family's house at the time and my aunt's house, and that's known as the Lower Alloways Creek. So the town is named after the creek. And, um, yeah, something quite remarkable happened to my family April 21st, 1991, around 10.18 p.m. So it was a very fascinating uh, experience and a little bit terrifying my family went through. This took place, as I said, southern New Jersey, Lower Alloways Creek. It was April 21st, 1991, around 10, 18 p.m. It was uh, cloud coverage that night. It was raining. It was uh, dark. The cloud coverage was around 1,100 feet uh, obtained by uh, the airport uh, reports, all of that. And we lived out in the middle of nowhere, and directly next to my family's house was my aunt's house. And my aunt lived next door, and we had our house there. And behind our house, we had a very thin tree line. And then on the other side of that tree line, we had the Lower Alloways Creek. And going over that creek, there was an old bridge one car at a time, wood, old wood bridge. And there was one single road that kind of went along the marsh. So imagine a very marshy, swampy, a lot of foxtails, uh, crick, you know, that kind of area for people around the world that may not be familiar with that kind of landscape. And yeah, so 1018, my aunt next door, she was getting ready for bed and she went to use her bathroom before going to bed. And her bathroom was on the second story of her house. So she was elevated up a good height. And as she was getting ready to use the bathroom, she looked out her bathroom window and above the tree line, she noticed this very long, elongated, triangular black object just hovering uh, not too high above the tree line completely silent it had three blue lights on the corners of it and a very uh, bright white light coming from the center of it so she's watching it for a little bit trying to comprehend oh, what is it you know why is it silent why is it sitting there it was raining at the you know time of this incident, but you could still see it very, very clearly. So my aunt says, I have to call Beth, my mother, Beth Ann next door. And I, she wanted to know if they could see it too. So she walks back into her bedroom. 
She calls my mother next door. This is 1991. We don't have cell phones. You know, we have landlines. And your age at the time? Uh, I was just about four years old. So not quite four, uh, almost four years old. So uh, my mother at the time, she was watching a Phillies baseball game with two of her girlfriends downstairs in the living room. I was upstairs uh, in bed. My bed was kind of up against the back wall. And my mother hears the phone ringing in the kitchen in the back of our house. So she goes back there casually, just thinking that it's someone calling. And she picks up the phone and it's my aunt. And she's saying, Beth Ann, Beth Ann, look out the back window. There's something hovering in the backyard. And my mom starts looking at it and my mom shouts really loud. Oh my God, what is that? What is that? And at this point, my mother's girlfriends heard my mother's reaction and her, you know, looking out the back window and screaming, oh my God, what is that? At that point, they jump up screaming, what is it, Beth? What is it? What? And at that point, I heard all the commotion going on and everyone, although I was upstairs, I heard the foot traffic and people stomping and screaming, oh yeah. my God, what? You know, of course you're going to wake up, and try to see what's going on. So as, uh, as everyone finally gets to the window and, you know, my aunt, myself, my mother, her two girlfriends, we're all watching this object, completely silent, elongated, triangular object, black, three blue lights on the tips of the corners of this craft, and this white light, completely silent, not moving an inch, not even like swaying. I mean, like perfectly uh strangely still uh it's weird you know Uh, almost like that hummingbird effect when a hummingbird is just sitting there and you're like how are they able to do that without you know moving it was sort of like that so we're we're all watching it kind of taken away and a little bit more about the description of you know this craft it was very thin it wasn't a perfect triangle. It was more uh, more like a spade. It was a triangle, but, you know, more narrow. Yeah. And it was very thin. And the best way I could describe size-wise would uh, imagine a black helicopter, uh, a big black, you know, military helicopter, you know, that kind of uh, longness. It had that kind of length, but uh, much thinner and a triangular very sharp very sharp edges not round very 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 sharp and it was black and it seemed to be some sort of metallic material so as we're all watching this and what i'm about to describe it's a little complex because it all happened all at once there was a lot of little things all happening simultaneously before this thing a crash behind our house. So, and also this whole uh, sighting probably lasted five to six minutes from when my aunt saw it to when this thing exploded and crashed. It was about five to six minutes long. So as we're watching it, all of a sudden- You exploded and crashed? A what? You said it exploded and crashed? Oh yes, yeah, yes. Which I'm about to go over, go over all of that, 
And as we were watching this, all of a sudden, like red and orange sparks sort of started shooting out of it. And all at the same time, this white ball of light, beam of light, I don't know, some sort of external light source came shooting down. Keep in mind, it was cloudy that night. So we didn't see how far above this uh, light beam, ball of light, light weapon, whatever it was, we couldn't really see because the cloud coverage. We just saw it ascending on, hitting the craft very, very fast, uh, just like a light beam, a ball of light hitting the craft. And as the red and orange sparks were shooting out of this thing, all of a sudden, that center white light that I was referring to sucked itself into itself. It collapsed in on itself. And during that moment, the outskirts of the craft exploded as you would expect a normal aircraft to explode. And it exploded and all of this happened. So the core of it, the center, sucked itself into it. Meanwhile, it was an overall explosion. The outskirts of the craft exploded as you would expect, you know, a shooting. My family actually thought it was going to hit the house because we were about on a 45 degree angle looking at it. So the trajectory of the debris, it looked like it was going to hit our house, but it, we didn't hear anything hit our house. And uh, the explosion was also silent, which is a fun little fact. Uh, that's wow. not normal. And so while this was going on, that center sucked itself into it. The outskirts exploded and whatever was left just shot directly towards the ground. And all of these things happen almost simultaneously from the light beam to the sparks, to the explosion, to the implosion. All of these things literally almost happen within two two seconds, you know, of all this yeah. going on. And uh, instantly uh, being pretty shook up by seeing something that large and close to us, regardless if it's extraterrestrial, military, uh, some sort of uh, drone, regardless of what it is, to see something that large behind your house explode like that, it's scary. And my mother instantly hung up the phone and she called 911. And what happened after that, well, that's the Lower Alloways Creek incident. That's when um, things started to take another turn. When my mother called 911, she was smart enough not to report it as a UFO. She called 911 and she said some sort of aircraft just exploded and crashed behind her house. Please send help. Uh, regardless if it was a dead extraterrestrial out there, dead military personnel, when you see something that big like that explode, uh, you know, especially back then, number one thing in your mind is someone's dead. Something's dead. So, and yeah. And how big would you say this thing was again? I would compare it to uh, imagine a large military helicopter uh, length wise. That's about the length that it was. And, you know, when a helicopter's up in the sky compared to an airliner, it seems small. But when you actually see a helicopter up close, like on, on ground, they're actually quite large. It was around that size. And later on in the cover-up story that was dished out by the people involved, 
uh, the narrative everyone was trying to push was that it was a helicopter, although no helicopter was ever reported missing, found, nor no aircraft should have been flying there because of the nuclear plant. There's a no-fly zone, so there shouldn't have been anything there. Uh, I have a lot of reports, all the local airports, military bases called, and no one had anything in that area, nor should have anything even been there to begin with. Very strange. So <clears throat> you said that it looked like the pieces from this thing that they they dropped, um, they, they they dropped right where they right went straight down. There was nothing that did there. Nothing did fly toward your house. It did. Uh, a lot of the debris, the outskirts of the craft, that scattered as you would imagine. Uh, one hundred and fifty yards to three hundred yard. Uh, debris scattered the outskirts of the craft that center part that sucked itself into itself and the parts slightly around it that shot directly directly straight down straight down boom right there and and, and, and again how far away was this from where, where, where you were and your mom and and other people uh definitely less than a quarter mile no doubt about it fairly 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 close so <laughs> Did anybody ever get a uh, grab a piece of the debris? I last summer, two summers ago, I believe I found a few little pieces, but uh, I don't want to jump too far ahead because I have to fill you in on what happened after this thing crashed, and then the rest of it will make sense. And there's okay. no doubt in my mind after I explain what happened, no doubt in my mind that there are larger pieces that are still there, but the terrain with the marsh, all the mud Creek, a lot of uh, runoffs and high uh, foxtails, a lot of mud sinking area. There's no way that they could have cleared that whole site. So I guess I should probably get into what happened after my mom hung up the phone right <laughs> good place to start off yeah go ahead so yeah uh after my mom like i said called 911 about 10 15 minutes later the police showed up to our house to take an initial report very simple 5 to 10 minute what did you see where when etc done they went to my aunt same situation and then they went off what what happened after they went off i do not have that information about 25 minutes later and also keep in mind during this incident it was raining it was uh 10 o'clock later than 10 o'clock by the time they started getting there it was 10 30 10 40 all right and we did not go throughout this whole incident we did not leave our house we stayed there 25 minutes after my mom made that initial call we had two black cars pull into our driveway out of the one car two gentlemen wearing black suits and black hats no sunglasses and out of the other car was a gentleman dressed in air force attire clearly air force uh, attire Family didn't think anything was strange about this, considering we just had an aircraft uh, explode behind our house. The government's 
gonna want to know what happened. It right. wasn't my family wasn't thinking aliens or anything like that. Yeah, it was strange, and we never seen anything completely silent that could just hover like that, or even look like that, or explode like that. But we still weren't, you know, thinking that. We were thinking, all right, some sort of aircraft just exploded, and you know, they're coming to find out what happened. And uh, it turned out that uh, these characters were coming there uh, for other reasons. And I'll get back into that because that's a whole nother can of worms. But we did find out that these are the men in black. And they were not there to find out more details about the UFO and how it crashed and what happened. They were there to see why that craft was behind our house to begin with and uh, how they got to our house in 20. We lived out in the middle of nowhere. The closest town over where we had family, my aunts and uncles lived, took us 20, 25 minutes to get to. And the Air Force gentlemen, they were from Dover Air Force Base. That, that's in Delaware. They had to cross a bridge. They had to go up and down. I have no idea how they got to our house in 25 minutes, which could suggest my aunt saw that thing hovering there. We don't know how long it was hovering there. Dover Air Force Base could have easily had this on its radar, considering it being so close to something so secure, such as a nuclear facility, a huge nuclear plant. All right. So I think that was a big part of it. And they got there so quick. And uh, like I said, it turned out they had um, a lot of other intentions and what they did want to know wasn't what we thought they wanted to know. And I will talk more about, you know, what they told my mother and that process. But I want to go back to the actual crash site. So as I said, we didn't leave. But after, you know, finding information and after 30 years, I finally found evidence, articles, proof. And after doing that, I made a documentary about two years ago. After doing that, finally, witnesses, people that were at the firehouse, people on the EMS squad, people started coming forward. Finally, because this case was covered up, as I said, the men in black were involved and they know what they're doing. And. They're professionals at keeping things hush hush. So at the um, at the crash site, and what I'm about to tell you now is coming from the firefighters. It's their story. Also, it's coming from people that were at the firehouse, which was a local hangout. It was the only place to hang out. We were a dry town. When people wanted to party, have drinks, all that, it was the local firehouse. It was the only place that was open 24-7. And so it was the local hangout. And everyone from that area knows it's the absolute truth. So, um, yeah, I'll tell it from their perspective. So when the firefighters were on their way there, which keep in mind, it took them about 40 minutes. It was a Sunday night late raining for them to get to the firehouse get the truck ready then drive all the way out there took them about 40 minutes to get there as they were approaching down this road on the left as i said a lot of marshland a lot of foxtails and straight in front of them was that little bridge 
And as they were approaching, getting closer to that bridge and the creek and uh, the waterways right there, uh, they started noticing in the marsh, there was huge uh, gouges. Uh, it was really, really torn up. And because they were up in the fire truck, they had a good bird's eye view to see above the reeds, where if you were ground level, you wouldn't have seen much of it because of the foxtails being at well, it was April, so they were only about four foot high. You know what I mean? Five yeah. foot. Summertime, they're about eight to ten foot tall. They get really big stalks. But during that time, they were shorter. But being in that fire truck, they could really get a visual. And then up ahead, in the water, they saw a Coast Guard cutter boat. And they uh, were heading towards the bridge. And once they got closer, as I said, they saw that. Also, over the marsh, they saw a huge black tarp, huge black tarp laid out over the marsh. And once they got a little closer to the bridge, there was a gentleman armed in the Coast Guard that flagged them down. And they they obviously stopped and, you know, they kind of hung their head out the side of the fire truck. And, you know, what's going on? You guys need help. Uh, you know, what's going on? Because obviously they were called to go there. And the Coast Guard said the situation's under control, and he ordered them to turn back around. So that's exactly what they did. Firefighters turned back around, went back to the firehouse. They got there, and there was a few other people that were there, specifically two women that reached out to me that were there at the time. And the firefighters came back, and they're like, something strange is going. You know, they were talking about it, what they saw. Uh, what they had a weird feeling about it and they didn't really know what it was. They were kind of confused and, you know, uh, gossip travels quick in a small town like that. So uh, the two girls being nosy country folk, they wanted to see if they could get a better glimpse of what's going on. So they both took two different shifts, which by this point to give you a time frame, took about 40 minutes for the firefighters to get there. My mom made the call at 10, 18 p.m. So at this point, by the time the firefighters got there, you could say it was around, uh, you know, 10, 50, almost 11 o'clock. And they had tarps out on the marsh securing the area. And that was that at that point. By the time the first girl made it to there, it would have been more around uh, 11.30 probably uh the first girl to go snooping after talking to the firefighters she went down there at this point they had a road closed sign they blocked off the road and so she got as far as she could get and at that point in time what she witnessed was a tree cutting service a local tree cutting service that was down in that same area, removing a couple trees. And she saw a lot of uh, flashing lights, as you would imagine yeah. seeing with a tree cutting service. And she's looking and she sees all the commotion going on. And, you know, but she couldn't make it any further. So she goes back to the firehouse. So by uh, 12, 1230 at this point the second girl after talking to the firefighters talking well they got a tree service you know down there 
The second girl makes her way down there. And like I said, this would have been, you know, 1230, 1240, somewhere around there. And as she was going by this point, they had a flatbed truck down there. Once again, had the yellow flashing lights on it. These were typical. These weren't military trucks. The tree cutting service, it was a local tree cutting service. The flatbed truck was just a plain black uh, flatbed truck, no different than what you would find at like a junkyard, you know? And on the back of it, she says she witnessed um, a black tarp. Uh, She didn't know what was on the flatbed, but there was something underneath of it, a good amount of something, because you could see the black tarp kind of a U shape, you know, obviously pulled down tight over something. And that was that, and she went back. So right there, that gives us a time frame of how quick it took them to get this site cleared up. By the point of seeing the flatbed with the tarped object on the flatbed ready to ship, we can estimate that around 1240-ish, you know, they were up and out of there and gone. Now, Going back to our house and all of that and what was going on with the men in black and my mother, I just wanted to like go over that. Oh, also there was no burn marks. No burn nope. marks. What do you mean? No, no burn marks. No burn. No burn marks. You mean on the ground? Or... Yeah. None. <laughs> Silent explosion. No burn marks. And and somehow, gov- basically, basically a go- Basically, what you're saying is that the, there's government people there within 25 minutes of this thing happening. When it seems like they, they must have had a known that is what you're saying is that they must have had a known that this thing happened. They must maybe they were tracking it on a radar and and they absolutely were. And going back to the Coast Guard, a lot of people, why you know you're saying a creek? The creek isn't that big. Why the Coast Guard? The Coast Guard is in control of patrolling the power plant and Dover Air Force Base. A lot of people say it should have been the Air Force Base in Jersey, but Dover actually owns the waterways. Delaware is actually in patrol of protecting that nuclear plant because Dover Air Force Base is actually closer to it than uh, McGuire and Fort Dix in central New Jersey. <clears throat> and Dover Air Force Base, without a doubt, had it on their radar. And I'll tell you why. In my research, I found an article written by the same person that did my family's case. Uh, MUFON came out, did a bunch of amazing report. I have six pages of remarkable evidence, phone calls with all the military bases and transcripts, except for Dover Air Force Base. No coincidence there. Also, there's no mention of the Coast Guard. Well, I found an article from 1986, five years prior, of Dover Air Force Base getting hits on their radar and people, fire chief of Lower Alloways Creek and the Coast Guard reports of blue lights in the area five years prior. And the fire chief, my cousin, Calvin Hill, all right, yeah, working with the Dover Air Force Base and the Coast Guard, they were making the framework. They've been waiting for this situation to happen. And I uncovered that evidence. There's no coincidence. And five years prior, which I found this after the fact, you know, it took me 30 years. 
But the fact that five years prior, I have this document of a blue light flying around the nuclear plant in Lower Alloways Creek. The fire chief, Dover Air Force Base, and the Gloucester County Coast Guard all working together. But when you look at my family's report that MUFON did and all of that, there's so much of that that is completely missing out of there. And I'll get to why that is uh, in a little bit. The men in black clear a lot of that up for my family. But um, they definitely had this thing pinged on the radar. I truly believe they were already in pursuit, already on their way for the Coast Guard to get there before the firefighters. You know what I mean? For the men in black to get to our house, along with a gentleman from the Air Force, uh, 25 minutes coming from Delaware, I presume. Um, it was really, really suspicious. So no doubt about it, they probably had that on their radar. And that's why... The Coast Guard was there to begin with because they patrol that area. And so, yeah, at our house, uh, going back to the men in black and the gentlemen in the Air Force, they came up to the door. My mother let them in and we all went into the living room and they had my mother and her two friends sit on the couch. All right. And there's a coffee table. Mm hmm. Oh, I say that because it, it froze up there. You, so they, the men in black came to your house right after this, or, or was it still during it before the clean, or was it during the cleanup? I guess I'm just trying to. It was during the. It was 25 <laughs> minutes after my mom made the 911 call. Okay, uh, 25 and, minutes, and they so, came in the house. Yep, and my mother and her two friends, they all went inside of the living room. They asked my mother and her two friends to sit down on the couch. We have a little coffee table. And the two men in black, you know, stood up in front of them. And the gentleman in the Air Force was off to the left, you know, standing kind of off by the side. And the first thing that came out of their mouth, which this is so weird. Like I said, my family thought it was going to be, uh, what did you see? What kind of, you know, what happened to it, you know? None of that, not once throughout the entire night was there any relevant questioning about what actually happened. So the first question that came out of the men in black's mouths is, uh, wait, I got, I, I got to back it up. I got to back it up. I got to back it up. So this is the first question they asked. Along with that, they had a notepad and a pencil. All right. Yeah. And this is a part of the question. And I have to say this, I always make a note of it. The way they were holding the pencil is very strange, uh, as if uh, they never held one before. They don't know how it works. Uh, a lot of people ask me, are these things human? They look human, uh, but they act really, really, really weird. So I just had to throw that out there. But first question with the notepad and pencil they look at my mom and her two girlfriends and they ask them can you draw three different kinds of extraterrestrials and they sat the notepad and pencil down on the coffee table and my mom's two friends started dying laughing cracking up <laughs> they said what kind of bullshit is this what's going on we were a uh, farm folk country folk very religious uh, you know, it, get out of here with that alien nonsense. What are you talking about? That was their reaction. 
And keep in mind at this point, you know, it's around 1040. It's getting later. Uh, it's later in the night. The night before, they were all out pretty late hanging out and stuff like that. So they're cracking up. And, you know, my mom's just sitting there kind of quiet. And uh, my mom takes the notepad and the pencil and she just kind of slides it over. It doesn't start drawing anything or anything like that. But during that time, after the men in black saw that the two girls were completely, absolutely clueless, they said, you ladies can go ahead because they were almost a- acting um, aggravated. Like, yeah. you have us up so late and, you know, interrupting us and all this for this kind of nonsense. So they asked uh, the two ladies to go. And, you know, they weren't believers in extraterrestrials or anything like that. So they didn't think my mom was in danger or nothing. They just thought it was a big waste of time and who cares? You now, know? Now, well, now, where were you at this time? Were you, were you in bed? Is this a, did your mom I, tell you about this later? Uh, I was... I was in the other room at different times. Uh, after I stood up during the crash, I stood up on my bed and I looked out the window and I saw the whole thing happen. After that, you know, I came running down. I came running down. It was very late. I was very tired. I was there on and off for certain situations. Um, you know, I, I would be in there and then, you know, running back up to my room, come down to use bathroom and sneak back yeah. off, you know, yeah, uh, when you're that young. Yeah. In, in and out, in and out. A lot of this is from my mother, but I was there. I do recall seeing these things and I was in and out, but I wasn't standing there, you know, the whole time. It just wasn't the time or place for it you know what i mean and i was tired i was a little tiny kid and i couldn't comprehend what was going on let, let me make that clear there's yeah. no way i actually had a lot of bad nightmares after this happened uh it was it was a lot <laughs> and um so as they uh the two girls my mom's two girlfriends they go ahead and they start to leave it's getting late and my mom proceeded to draw three different kinds of extraterrestrials. All right. And uh, they, I mean, they're pencil drawings. My mom was not artistic by uh, any means. Uh, you know, one was a, a typical gray extraterrestrial one she called the blues and then another one uh, Nordics she called them. So, you know, imagine like your first one, Lil Zeta grays and then, these beings that she called the blues and then these Nordic beings. And, uh, and that was the chicken scratch drawings, but it piqued the men in black's attention. And then, uh, they took my mom. We had a little, it was my playroom. And this is, you know, once again, how they were kind of shifting and I was kind of moving around. They, uh, the gentleman in the Air Force was trained in regression hypnosis therapy. They use this for soldiers with post-traumatic stress disorder. They need intel from a very traumatic uh, military situation. Uh, they use this. It's uh, common knowledge within there. It's a good way to get information when you absolutely need intel. And they took my mother up into my little playroom because it was quieter. It wasn't big, open, low lights. And the gentleman in the Air Force said a really brief regression uh, hypnosis therapy. 
five, six minutes, not long at all. Very brief, very brief. And it, it wasn't like uh, this right. kind of hypnosis. It was take a breath in, relax, you know, that kind of situation. And during that time, that was the first time in my mother's life where she relived uh, a lot of her experiences that she was completely unaware of that was happening to her. At this point in time, everything before my mother had no idea she was in contact with these beings or anything like that. It's very, very strange. After this regression, it kind of triggered a lot of this. You know, she was having these memories. And from that point, on into the future, she would remember these things as they were happening to her. Also, during this regression, some things were, you know, brought up going back to when she was a baby. So it, it was a lifelong phenomena. And one of the things that was, you know, brought up in my mother's regression that first time, that point of realization was that these beings are taking her. You know, um, being essentially uh, dematerialized and pulled through a wall, following a light being put onto a ship. You so, know, so basically, what you're saying is, okay, up until that moment, your your mom uh, didn't really think about this stuff, but then all of a sudden, right when when this thing crashes, all of a sudden, these the two men in black show up along with some guy in, in the Air Force. And, and uh, starts questioning her, lets the two friends go who thought thought it was funny when they asked about alien drawing aliens. But your mom, that was is that the beginning of when she remembered this? Started remember realizing that this, like, I, I, it's really funny that the, you know, I just she she that that was the point that she started remembering these things. Yeah, that that's exactly it, Jim. That was the- up until that moment, there was nothing. But my also, mom, she knew how to draw. She knew how to draw. She knew what these things. She did. She ever watch UFO shows or or, or things like that? Uh, I mean, who at in that period who didn't see fire in the sky? You know, well, I mean, well ninety one. I don't even think was that even out. I don't even think that movie was out yet. I uh, think it could have been Close Encounters was out. Close, Close Encounters of the Third yeah. Kind was out, but that was seventy seven. But E. T. ET, e. yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean that kind of alien, but I'm not. Ta- I'm talking about you know, there's st- in the throughout the 80s when I was a kid growing. I mean, I was a kid in the 70s and 80s. I, I was actually, you know, I you know, we talked about your mother before. I was as the same age as your mom. I think I was born w- within a week. You mm-hmm. know, the same September 68. I was born. Um, <clears throat> now, so basically, she. She never thought about this before this subject until that night, and they just and they they were able to 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 to. She started drawing pictures of you know, and she never really it wasn't a subject that she she thought a lot about is what I'm asking. Yeah, up absolutely. until that moment, none whatsoever. Uh, ironically, when my mother was young, she used to wake up with scars and stuff on her. Uh, very strange. Uh, other things would happen to her, and my grandmother would just tell her, "You must have scratched yourself." Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so basically, this could have been a situation. What you're describing here is that maybe this, they these guys show up. I mean, who who knows who where they're from? I mean, and you said that the men in black were acting strange. I mean, a lot of times we hear stories that maybe men in black are actually aliens in disguise. I mean, who knows? Maybe sometimes they are. Maybe sometimes they are government officials. But these mm-hmm. guys seem to already know, and, and it's they very already strange. knew. They, they already, already knew what was going knew. on. 
and they they knew they just had to wean it out of my mother it, it wasn't they already knew what was going on what they needed to know is how much my mom knew right and you know how, how aware is my mother and what's going on and why was this thing behind our house to begin with they they knew all of this the people that didn't know was us we were the ones that were completely ignorant and dumbfounded and completely clueless. And up to that point, as you're saying, my mom, we did not talk about aliens and UFOs. As I said, her two friends laughing, thinking that these guys are lunatics. It just wasn't a small town's reputation is everything. And people work so hard to have a good reputation and they would not talk about something so silly uh in their mindset to jeopardize all of that and become known as the crazy person in a small town no one wants that so um yeah so after this brief uh regression and as i said you know my mom had this realization of you know these abductions and these beings taking her which uh that, that was a lot on top of seeing something just crash and explode. It was terrifying. So they go back downstairs, back into the living room. And after that, the men in black asked my mother, hey, do you have any questions? And my mom said, yeah. <laughs> now keep in mind, my mother was 22 years old. She was a single mother. I did not know my father. I was not raised with a father around. So a 22-year-old, single mother, country folk, high school education, no college, all right? Just to kind of give you an idea of, you know, yeah, what's going on in my mother's questions and why my mother's questions are my mother's questions. And unfortunately, when they did that little regression therapy session with my mom, she said a little too much, and she gave ammunition to the men in black to use against her not aware of that they were going to do that you know so she didn't see that coming otherwise she probably wouldn't have said anything at all and just said no i have no idea what they are (laughs) Uh Um, but uh the three questions my mother asked after having this realization that these things are real not only are they real but they are taking my mother and doing experiments with her and all these things First question my mother asked the men in black is, are these things dangerous? Great, solid question. The men in black reply, and they, they're they right to the point. They don't say much. They just write to it. They say, if they were dangerous, do you think we would still be here? My mom said, okay. Yeah. It's, how do you argue with that? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a, it's a good point. Uh, so, so basically – so. So your mom asked if these if the men in black were dangerous, uh, or excuse me, if, no, the, no, if no. these if the aliens were dangerous. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the men in black responded, uh, "If they're dangerous, then we wouldn't still be here." Exactly. Response. Or they said, "If they were dangerous, do you think we would still be here?" That's mm. exactly what they said. And my mom said, "Okay, you know, valid point." Second question, my mother asked. You know, why don't people know about these things? You know, we're, we're, we're blown away. We just, not only did we see one of their crafts explode behind our house 
And then, you know, we're finding out these beings are real and they're obviously, you know, um, interested in my family. Why were they behind our house to begin with? Well, in those situations, just a lot of realizations all at once for small country folk. Our, our heads were smoking, you know? Yeah. And my mother said, why don't people know about these things? And the men in black replied, and this is huge, and this will bring me to a future point. The men in black said, we're doing everything we can by preconditioning. Within the next 10 years, you will see signs of UFOs and extraterrestrials in all forms of media, um, music, books, movies, magazines, blah, blah, blah. You know? And, and I, I'm assuming your mom told you this years later. That wasn't a, You didn't know this at the time. Uh, I... I was I was pretty aware because right after this event, my family is all that was talked about within side of our house to the point where my elderly grandfather, who I will bring up, he was there too. Um, he would yell and scream at my family. He would say, Bessie, stop talking about it around the young and you're scaring him. You're scaring him. So during this you know, it, it wasn't like it was just a night of the incident. It was every single day this was being talked about inside of the privacy of our house. Um, I was around it. I've, you know, I, I was there. I experienced it. And just hearing that over and over and over and over again throughout my whole entire life and at the time of the event is all they talked about. And I was having some really bad nightmares, and I actually had the alien toys. You remember the movie yeah. Aliens? I had Alien, the toys yeah. that would come with the comic books, and my family actually took away all the comic books because I, I'm a little kid realizing extraterrestrials and UFOs are real. And then I'm watching TV in Hollywood and what they're saying about them, and I know they're real. And at that young age, it's too hard to distinguish what's real and what's not right and you know i up to that point i lived in the same world as all of us where we were told these things are fake and then you find out it's real and then you're watching things that are fake and when you're almost four years old you cannot you just don't know how to separate that I, and, I'm, I'm it's actually funny to you. i mean I'm, I'm i'm in a way i'm opposite of what your experience because when i was a kid i didn't believe any of that stuff i thought it was just a well, a product of Hollywood. It wasn't until I got started getting older when I realized, okay, this, this, there's something going on here. But of course, that was because of experiences. But uh, do go on, please. Yeah, and I thought it was all make believe, as I was told, until I you know, saw a UFO crash, and my mother, she wanted to get into crazy details with her abductions, but from that point, my mother did tell me that they are real, and she explained it in a way that you would explain these things to a child. She didn't talk about the uh, them removing her eggs and embryos when right. I was a little kid. She did tell me about the blues, about the little Zetas. And if you ever see them, you have nothing to worry about. They won't hurt you. You know, I was, I was raised that these things are absolutely real and I have nothing to be afraid of because she had to tell me that because I was having nightmares because of, you know, things in Hollywood and stuff like that. So she had to reassure me. 
And you know what what the men in black said the next 10 years, I believe that disclosure was supposed to be 2001. But anytime disclosure comes, there's a new distraction. Have you caught on to this? And on here on YouTube, we can't say too much about it. But 10 years from 1991, 2001, a big distraction. And my family, we always thought that that's when disclosure would happen, 2001, because of what the men in black told us. It didn't go down that way <laughs> uh, by a long shot. And look at more recent time. Yeah, the most recent disclosure when the Pentagon and Congress start releasing this footage, and then yeah. we had a big old distraction happen all the way around the world. I mean, I, I, as far as I can remember, we're having distraction. We're having it's a big giant. I mean, there's a, a big giant distraction constantly. We're going through one crisis, one crisis ends, then another one starts. I mean, you go from COVID yep. to this to that. I mean, it's just one thing after another after another. I, I I just don't. I think at the same time, and we should be able to walk and chew gum, you know, yeah, at the same exactly. time. You know, let's let's just. You know, what does it matter? You know, yeah, we're going to have problems, you know, but we should, everybody should know about this already. And I, I'm, I'm tired of the cover up, but again, I digress. Uh, yeah. Please continue now. Your, your, mm -hmm. your, your mom talked about this, like basically her, she was like, this is something that you grew up listening to your mom talk about this. She, she oh, firmly yeah. believed that there was some extraterrestrials and that she was, they were, they were uh, abducting her at times throughout her life. Um, and, her her entire life up till day she went and, up till um, day she died. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all, always, and I, I've talked about these things. I've throughout my life, I've had a lot of experiences with extraterrestrials and UFOs and all these things as well. But um, she talked about it, and we would talk about it uh, to close friends and families. I remember in my band days, I would have bands come over my house. We would all be sitting in the living room. My mom would just start telling everyone, and everyone was like, this is insane, but we didn't have proof. We didn't have any evidence. Uh, it took me 30 years to find that, um, unfortunately. But going back to the men in black, so there, there was a third and final question, and up till this point, uh, the men in black did not admit to extraterrestrials. Yeah, they asked my mom and her two friends, can you draw three different kinds of extraterrestrials? But they didn't admit to them existing. They didn't say anything about them. Nothing like that. Uh, so the third question my mother asked after realizing that these beings are taking her, she asked the men in black, what would happen if something happened to my child or my elderly grandfather that I take care of. And these beings have me off on a craft somewhere and I'm not here to help them. And the men in black said they use small grays that stay behind. And if anything was to happen to your grandfather or to your child, they would have you back. And the men in black said like this and snap yeah. their fingers once again snap their fingers in that really weird way like uh, they were so proud they could do something like snapping their fingers it was just a really weird snap i mean we all snap our fingers sometimes you know right it, it wasn't like that it was it was smug it was smug like haha you know what i mean it, it was it was just strange one of those <laughs> things and um my mom said Okay, I understand. And that was the first time they admitted 
to any sort of extraterrestrial or anything like that. And it, it turns out, I, I guess when I was a little kid, I had gray aliens standing in my room watching me that I'm completely unaware of. Or maybe that's why I was having nightmares. I don't, I don't know. I, I honestly don't remember. I don't know. I can't recall. But very strange indeed. After those three questions, uh, Men in Black said, do you have any other questions? My mother said no. And this is where things take a dark, 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 dark turn. Uh, the Men in Black said, all right, now tomorrow there are going to be many uh, UFO investigators, media outlets, newspapers, TV shows, newscasts that will be coming here. And you will say it was a helicopter or we will take your son away. <laughs> My mother said, okay, I understand. They said, all right. They went to the door. They left. We never laid eyes on them ever again. My mom did what she was told to do on the news. I have reports. She was on the Philadelphia News twice, uh, KYW3. And in there, she uh, actually won the line. She said, she said, I'm willing to put my life on it. It was a helicopter because the news was trying to pitch it as a meteorite. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So your mom was so scared by what by by the threat that they made that she she actually went on even though she knew, knew full well that it wasn't a helicopter, she actually went on TV and said I she would bet her life on it that it was a helicopter yes, because that's I how have, scared she was. I have the transcript <laughs> from uh, the news agency and word for word. I'm willing to put my I'm willing to lay my life on it that it was a helicopter, and she said that because. They were trying to say, well, nothing crashed to begin with. And my mom was like, oh, no, something crashed. You know, she knew she couldn't say uh, exactly what it was, but she did. And the MUFON, the mutual UFO reports and that the description of the craft, it's no word of helicopters. The police say it wasn't a helicopter. Uh, the news and other investigators say could it have been a meteorite because it was raining. And there's cloud coverage, no helicopter reported missing, or you know anything like that. So, so basically, I'm just trying to get this straight here. So basically, they the government right was saying no, there was nothing, no helicopter, nothing. But so, but other people witnessed this. I'm I'm assuming there was more than just your mom that was on TV at the time for this. Yes, my aunt as well, my aunt as well, and also uh, I. I obtained police reports. There were, uh, at the time of the incident, there was two other uh, calls made to the police station of people. Uh, they were much farther away, maybe uh, four to five miles away. And they reported seeing the blue light from the distance that they were. They, they saw it, just not as close as um, we saw it. But there were two other police uh, calls as well as people were coming home from work. And they saw this blue uh, light just hovering there, and they called the police. There was a lot of people involved. And but 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 the local authorities they were pretty much kept away from the from the site, and they didn't they didn't get to handle any of the the local authorities didn't get to handle any of the uh, materials, any of the wreckage or anything like that. They were kept nope. away from that. Yeah. That uh, sounds the, like something. The Coast Guard 
they were the hands on, not even uh, the Air Force. Uh, the only Air Force personnel was at our house. It was the Coast Guard, the Coast Guard. And I'm pretty sure once they got that stuff on that flatbed, it probably went to Dover Air Force Base. I can almost guarantee it. So what what do you think this was? I mean, are, are you, do you believe that this was an extraterrestrial craft? Do you think it was? Absolutely. Because do you think there were alien bodies maybe there, or was it just a probe of some, or, or like uh, something that was un, un, no, no pilot? I, I can't answer that. I don't have that information, but I truly believe that something, uh, some sort of, uh, living entity of some sort was in that craft and this goes to a lot of dreams and nightmares i've had i was the youngest soul in that area and i believe whatever went down with that craft uh some of that energy kind of got latched on to me i kept having these awful dreams of drowning in the creek uh, when i was young and i've had the same reoccurring dream my entire life uh, and I don't know if it has something to do with that, but, uh, as the men in black predicted the following day, the mutual UFO network came out and my family remained anonymous. And this will go back to your question. Family remained anonymous. Yet all these people were getting a hold of us. My aunt had to take her phone off the hook because she was getting calls from Hollywood and she didn't want to get charged for the phone calls coming from across the country and um the philadelphia news barged in on her job the following day she was a realtor at century 21 and she was a very soft-spoken good christian woman good good woman and they just barged in uh guns ho and we were confused we don't know how all these people were finding us and uh UFO investigators came out in the newspaper, the show sightings, unsolved mystery, a bunch of different people uh, came out uh, later times as well. And during this time when Munifon came out and took this report, my mom reported having a strange dream the night before the crash of, you know, extraterrestrials, greys, reptilians, these sorts of things. Uh, and it's a no coincidence. And one of the species my mother talked about was a species she called the tall whites. Uh, she called them the tall whites. They were, she described them to me as tall gray extraterrestrials with very light skin. And it just so happens from all the research uh, I've discovered and uh, put together that these beings, the craft that they use matches identically to the craft that crashed behind our house also these beings from my mom's perspective these tall whites were the ones doing the hybrid uh you know taking her eggs manipulating them using small gray extraterrestrials as uh workers surveillance you know watching me as the men in black said but there were larger extraterrestrials that were, you know, pulling the strings and using yeah. these as the the grunt workers, I guess you would say. So, um, with that being said, and my mother's strange dreams the night prior to, you know, this crash and all that, and my mother's abduction experiences, 
I would say that I believe these tall white beings were probably the ones that were in this craft. And it goes back to that white light, that ball of light that came down and took this thing out. Was there, as my mom mentioned, she was in contact with, you know, uh, the blues, which she said were a loving extraterrestrial, very spiritual loving. The Nordics, she said, are very kind. She has simple names for all these beings, you know, not Octorians, not Palladians, uh, not Syrians. Nope. She just, she called them based off of their looks, very simpleton. And I, I can't help but wonder were some of these more positive beings could have, could they have been behind taking this thing out, trying to protect my mother from what these beings were doing to her? Could you know, this been the government taking it out? Does our government and military have some sort of weapon to take it out? I don't know. What do you think? Uh, here's my my whole thing is I don't think I, I have no idea what's going on. I don't have no idea how many different types there are. You know, I just saw a documentary the other day where I never heard this one before. And there was a, a guy who, who gets re abducted regularly. And he said, according to him, the Nordics are actually – uh, reptilians in disguise. So it's like, <laughs> so he said he, he was able when he if he said he, on in his peripheral vision he could see it was almost like a hologram, and and and, and like he said it was it looks like a Nordic if you're just looking straight at it. But if it's like if you get in your peripheral vision, it looks like it's uh, a reptilian, and and they don't want you, they don't because they don't they they think you'll be scared. You know, if you see them that way, I, I, but again, I, I I have no idea how many different species are here, how many different kinds are here, what they're up to, what's going on. I, it could be something that's completely beyond our understanding. And if even if they tried to explain it to you, you might not understand it because we might just be so down the, the food chain of 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 thought of, uh, of 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 civilization compared to where they're at that we might not even understand what they're what the you know who knows what their purpose is here or how many there are i don't know i i don't know and look at us i mean over 22 different extraterrestrial strains within our dna human beings alone uh you know uh th there's a lot of different beings that are involved uh now how many species of extraterrestrials there are it's easy uncountable it's, it's uncountable not, it's, yeah it's not even worth uh it's not worth talking you're right <laughs> uh, but how many are here? How, here how many are here like here with earth i would say there's at least 22 different kinds of gray extraterrestrial species that have some sort of uh whether it's just visiting here to study our volcanoes or more embedded with our military i would say at least 22 different gray species alone just just what we think are gray extraterrestrials that's not all the that's not the reptilian species that's not the insect species that's not the light beings and other energy beings and other humanoid species as well and so you're, you're of the belief that there's like there's all kinds. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're. I'm just saying. I don't know. Yeah. You're saying you you're of the belief that there are certain, at least twenty some different kind. Or I mean, what are you saying? I mean, just gray extraterrestrial species. There's twenty two different ones that are somehow coming here or are here. Uh, that's just that. That there's way more than that throughout the universe. But that's just one little specific.
Then you have tons of different human noise that are interacting here. And then some beings aren't physically coming here. They're coming here in a astral state, a higher state of consciousness. So we have a lot of beings that are here, not physically, but are here in a, a astral consciousness, I guess you could say. Uh, and it's, it's a lot. And our military is working with quite a few different, um, you know, beings as well. And from my mother's experience, she talked about, you know, mantis beings. She talked about, uh, you know, these blue, uh, gray they look like gray extraterrestrials but they're blue they have like electricity and light coming off of them a lot of people describe them as octorians you know those beings she uh described the little small grays uh that she, she called them zeta that was the only out of all these beings that's the only one that had any sort of star reference uh, these little tiny grays, for some reason, she knew they were Zetas. She called them little Zetas. Uh, the tall whites, uh, you know, very tall gray extraterrestrials, like skin. Um, these Nordic beings, which going back to the Nordics, and, you know, my mom also saw uh, what she called the large snakes. Draconians, reptilians, whatever. Um, they exist. And, yeah, they can a lot, oftentimes... They can take human forms. They can make themselves look like a Nordic. Not all Nordics are reptilians, but some reptilians that have the technology to shapeshift. Uh, a lot of them use technologies. Some have natural camouflage and abilities, almost like a chameleon, and they can mimic certain things coupled with certain technologies they have. And yeah, they can make themselves look like your grandmother if they wanted to, not just a Nordic, you know, <laughs> but like you said, they do this so people won't feel as threatened so they can do whatever their agenda is. And n number one, the biggest point of it all, so many different species out there and you can't quite categorize any of them into good or bad. Uh, it's, just like us, all different kinds. And even if you have a species where 99.9% .9 of them are absolutely insane, you're going to have one that fell down and hit its head. And it might just love to help people throughout the universe. You know, yeah. you just, you cannot judge any one species. And there's so many uh, hybrids and things. And that's what my mom was a part of with these tall whites. They were creating hybrid children. She would communicate with them. And uh, all sorts, some of them looked like you're exactly what you would imagine, half human, half extraterrestrial. Others looked a little bit more human, but would still kind of have dark eyes, you know. And some were really, really deformed. My mother uh, described a uh, sloth from the Goonies, yeah. uh, you know, and these beings, some of them have these hybrid uh, programs that they are doing. And that's what my mom was a part of. And in this regression therapy, going back to the gentleman, the Air Force, MUFON came out a bunch of times, Bud Hopkins, Richard Butler, all these people were kind of involved with this whole thing and they would record my mom's regression therapies but hopkins was she she actually was with uh bud hopkins he was involved because uh richard butler who was really the main guy working on our case 
He was good friends with uh, Bud Hopkins. Richard Butler and Bud Hopkins worked on the Linda Cortell case. The Linda Cortell case was happening during the same time as my mom's case. They wanted my mom's case to be like the Linda Cortell case, but the men in black shut down my family's case. And guess what? They eventually shut down Bud Hopkins, Richard Butler, and Linda Cortell. They shut down the Brooklyn incident, which I'm I'm sure you're familiar of that incident. Yes. In I Brooklyn, remember. she she was levitated out of her apartment window. Yes. And yes. and an ambassador and security guards down below in a limousine, a high ranking U US ambassador witnessed this woman hovering there. That was during the same time. And I believe the men in black, the same characters that were kind of involved with our family's case, I'm pretty sure they shut that one down because shortly after Bud Hopkins and Richard Butler and all these guys and Linda Cortell, everything magically got debunked. Everything got shut down and their credibility and careers. And you stop hearing about Bud Hopkins and things like that. Where, you know, my mom played the script, although Unsolved Mysteries and the show Sightings came out, they did a regression therapy session with my mother. They were going to block her face out. Guess what? It never aired. It never aired. And if it did air, I, I just can't find it. I've spent hours finding it, but my mom had to sign NDAs and all that, even though they were blocking out her face, uh, you know, because she had to be cautious. And one thing I want to make mention going back, because when MUFON came out, uh, they, they covered it as a mysterious helicopter crash, possible CE4, close encounters of the fourth kind. That's what they call the situation with my mother. But once again, playing that helicopter narrative, even modern day, I'm good friends with George A. Filer, all right, retired Air Force intelligence major, East Coast director of MUFON, and runs the National UFO Center, all right? And when he shared my family story, possible helicopter crash, I don't know why everyone keeps playing into this narrative. And I, I think a big reason, uh, you know, lately I've been getting frustrated, a little frustrated because I spent 30 years telling people this story, close friends and families, not having evidence. And I, I knew I would never be able to go public. I didn't have evidence. And I finally found the evidence. I'm like, all right, this is going to be it. This is going to be it. You know, I, I actually have, you know, evidence. This isn't just something, oh, I, I saw it a long time ago. Like what you see on History Channel and MUFON and Gaia and all, History Chat. All these people that are just talking about something they seem not having any evidence. And it's been very um, discouraging to have this evidence and not have these people contacting me to find out more information, to get a team to go out there so we could find a big chunk of this crap. Why aren't they doing that? And it goes back to the narrative. It's the narrative because this is what's going on. The men in black are the ones pulling the strings to all the mainstream UFO people you see. All these alien and UFO shows getting millions of views with all the, the Nick Popes, all these people, the Mutual UFO Network, Gaia. It's all being pulled by the men in black. They put the narratives, they put the stories out, and they come and they regurgitate 
the breadcrumbs over and over and over again. They're all compromised, all of them. That's why you will so, never hear my story coming from any of them. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I've told I mean, a lot of different stories are floating around there. I mean, it could that could you could be right. I guess that that's that that could be the case. But you're, you're saying basically what you're saying is that you believe there is proof there that just needs if if if, if there was an effort, a serious effort to try to uh, recover it, recover yeah. some remnants of this thing that blew up there. You yeah, know, 30, no 30 doubt years. about it. And I have small pieces that are highly electro, you know, magnetic, uh, go crazy, give off electromagnetic field as well. They're just small pieces, but I want something more like definitive. Did, you, did you have them tested? Uh, no, I, I keep them. I have them uh, stored. I'm not sending them for testing. Uh, I don't want them leaving my side. No way about it because I've taken me forever. I eventually will. I do have five pieces. So I do have a few pieces that I would be willing to give up because I won't be out of them. But I'm very cautious and hesitant due to the amount of cover-up that has went into this. Because like I said, when MUFON came out and they're going over all the information, the police officers are saying these women are not lying. There's no doubt in our mind that they saw something crash. You know, they got the transcripts of talking to all the bases, military bases, saying, we don't know what it was. It wasn't ours. It wasn't ours. It wasn't ours. You so, know, uh, uh, you know on, on to this, uh, we're, this is, you know, on the same vein here. You know, there is, I think one of the problems, you know, we, I, I to me, as far as I'm concerned, there is evidence. I mean, there's video evidence. There's, there's, there's re- people that see these things. I, you know, I, I was fishing with a buddy that was, you know, there was two of us that saw the thing where, you know, but I guess it's, you know, it's, there's been other efforts across the world. I mean, there was, uh, there's thousands of different cases that were investigated by, especially by a guy named Ted Phillips throughout the seventies. He, he's, I think he's passed on now. Yeah, he did. He passed on a few years ago, but he he was somebody that investigated like thousands of cases of of, of alleged landings, and 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 there would be imprints in the ground. The, the the vegetation would be burned. There's that kind of evidence. There's there's implants that were removed, uh, uh, you know, and, and you know, were it was discovered that these objects, the implants themselves, that were made of materials that were unearthly. Uh, I mean, there was it was. There's all these. There's there is evidence, right? I mean, oh, there's, yeah. there's video evidence. I mean, I, I I did. We you know, I'm sure that you saw we that uh, I you know that video from Turkey from the uh, in the 2000s. Uh, mm-hmm. You could see the beings inside the thing. There was other witnesses there. I mean, here's the video evidence. They're filming this UFO over the sea. So there is evidence. We're denying it. We're pretending it's not for as a whole. I you know we we pretend it's not going on. And but, the the good stuff gets ignored. You know this. Yeah, the good you know stuff gets like, no, but but I mean, here's what I'm proposing here is like, isn't there a way for okay? We we have, I mean, there's cattle mutilations. Okay, uh, how come we're not like we, there needs to be an? I mean, that right now there's some groups right now, like some scientists are starting to study UFOs, take pictures and stuff. There's an effort out at Skinwalker Ranch in Utah, but what about an effort like okay? We find certain people that are, you know who claim to be getting abducted all the time and and have some sort of proof that you know markings you know all kinds of different there's all kinds what how about like doing something with those people that you know can't we capture one of these beings you know like 
can't like some civilians capture, you know, present it to the public before the military and government officials come in and try to cover the whole thing up and make and do it like like they do with you know Roswell and and that kind of thing. How come we we don't do that? Like how come we don't hang out at a ranch uh, where where there's cattle mutilations are known to happen and just you know a group of people just stay there, come up with some sort of a plan and if these things if one of these beings come out, you come up with a net or some sort of plan to capture one of them. You know, they, I don't know if you, I don't and think you'd be able to it, do anything with the spaceship. It's already done. It's, it's, all those things have already been done. 1977, uh, extraterrestrial here in New Jersey, uh, Fort, uh, Fort Dix and McGuire Air Force Base, a great extraterrestrial was shot and killed. On I the heard that runway. story. Right. And, but again, that's military. I'm talking about yeah. a civilian group that, 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 you know, that, that, well, would, that would bring it to the public and, and be undeniable. They want to be allowed to. Yeah. But you know, how, how but, but you do it before the government knows that you have the evidence that, and, and you present it to the public on some sort of a live stream. You contact the right people. Like you get that evidence before there's ever a chance because this information needs to come out. I mean, you saw that that briefing in the uh, in Congress recently. It was a joke. Well, he, here's an example. I record UFOs all the time. I have so many remarkable videos of UFOs. I post them. I post them. I post them. They get no traction. No one cares. I have videos that are far better than what Congress or the Pentagon has put out, and they have better evidence as well that they're not showing the public. But the no, no point question. being is, that, you know, stuff just gets buried, regardless if you put it out there. Do it. I've actually recorded UFOs on a live stream, had over 300 people in there and still gets buried. Nothing. When I first did this documentary, you know, at Lower Alloways Creek UFO crash in New Jersey, I was trying to get in the Google search rhythms, you know, so if people type UFO crash New Jersey, my video will come up. When I was uh, releasing part three of my documentary and I was finally starting to get in the algorithms, if you typed UFO New Jersey, my story was coming up. Guess what suddenly happened? The Goodyear blimp in New Jersey. Guess whose story got knocked out of the algorithm for a Goodyear blimp for a Giants football game and everyone knows is a blimp. I knew that thing was a blimp. They do this to knock out stories. They only promote what they know they can debunk later. If they can't debunk it, it won't make it to the day of light. Whether and trust me, Jim, like what you're saying, someone needs to get these. If I had a chance to get an extraterrestrial and get a video of it and make that happen. I would in a second. I would. I'm not talking about make it. I'm not talking. I'm <laughs> talking about capturing one of these things. I'm. Ca- I mean, if they have yeah. these beings, obviously don't give a crap about how they treat human beings. I mean, they go and they teach, steal people in the middle of the night. You know, abduct them, take them onto their spacecraft, do things to them. I mean, it's happened. You know, ad nauseum. There's all these different people out there that you know, and then these people are afraid to tell talk about it in the public because they're embarrassed because they're worried about people thinking they're nuts. Oh, they do yeah. that stuff to us. Why don't we try to capture an active effort to actually capture one of these beings, come up with some sort of a plan, civilian plan, and have like a, a plan of attack then on how to get it out to the public before some, 
uh, you know, majestic 12 cover up group uh, descends upon and, 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 and rips, rips them away from you. Cause that's the, the only way that, that we're ever going to do this without, without, unless without the, you know, unless the government was to come forward, the only way this is ever going to happen is if we, some or civilians, somebody, not just me, could know you, not not you, maybe somebody else, maybe me, maybe you, maybe I don't know, a group of people uh, decide. Okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna find some area where these things are showing up the most. A lot of times, where there's the most credible evidence, and and stake it out and have some sort of a a plan, some sort of a trap for one of them somehow. And we may, it might not work. I mean, it might, they might zap us and freeze us in place and then just take off. Anyway, who knows, right? But at least that effort needs to be made. And then not only that, but have a plan in place that once if they did catch, if you were to capture one of these things, I don't know, knock it out with a tranquilizer dart, like, you know, like they pretty much do to the human, to human beings when they, you know, they knock them, knock, knock us out somehow, right? Why can't we do that to them? Uh, and then, you know, yeah, have exactly. it, have, take it to take it to CBS or NBC or, you know, some channel or, you know, and, and it's in undeniable. Look, look what I got. I know it sounds crazy, yeah. but I'm just saying that this is it, it, I think something like that would be the way to get get over this, because the, I don't think the Pentagon is interested in ever like taking the lid, lid off this thing. I, I, I they're, they're just taking their it's taking too much time. They're playing games. Like it seems like it was starting, at, to, starting to come off, but now it's going back on again. It seems I don't know. Like a good example is the alien autopsy video. That they're actually, you know, a lot of people, a lot of research has been done, and that that's legit. That's authentic. I, I, I don't you believe know? that one. That's I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one, Robert, because I remember when that came out. I mean, the the, the guy that there was that was made up. I, I I knew the second I saw that the, it it doesn't have the the quality of the black and white film that would have been used in the 40s. I mean, if you really look at that, I just don't believe that. And in fact, not only that, that was not what the extraterrestrials in Roswell looked like. When you saw the description, heard the descriptions from different people, they were. You know that looked more like your your common gray. You know that are for the grays that were discovered later on. But the Roswell ones, these were different kind of beings. They they they, they that that you just proved my point, and that's why I said that no amount of evidence can open up everyone's mind, even if you and I capture an extraterrestrial and show it on video and put it on major news networks and show there's still going to be people that won't believe it you know? well i'm saying you would have to have a stable of scientists on hand to to examine the creature i mean you'd have to have everything lined up mm -hmm. and 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 have major networks uh, right there available like the I, I mean you know that people could see it like you have scientists they're verifying to the world yes this thing is a, a real being and it's not human how about that you know that's going to prove it you know that mm -hmm. would i mean you'd be it'd be undeniable you, yeah. you wouldn't be able to deny it then. It's happening, but we, we but we we're denying it again. We're as a race, as a as a whole, we're denying it. And uh, yeah, it's happening around us. And it's, like, yeah. it's, it's 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 there. We just gotta collect it. And you know, uh, I I always say that no amount of evidence can open up a closed mind. And as we start to open up our minds more and as, you know, us as a species become more open and understanding of this phenomena, I'm sure we'll finally start to get some of those answers that we've been looking for this whole time. No doubt about it. 
Well, I just want to throw out a couple more quick questions here. Roswell, we're approaching the 75th anniversary uh, in a couple of weeks here, uh, in the early July that happened. What, what's your feeling about the Roswell incident? Black, uh, Trojan horse. You don't believe the Roswell incident happened? You don't believe no, that no, a- no. I, I have, I have a very close contact whose uh, mother and grandmother was uh, in a house right near the crash. Uh, this story has not been shared to the public yet. I'm working on it. Um, it definitely happened. Two different crafts. Uh, they are Trojan horse. The beings inside. Uh, they don't live long. Only like five years. They were just clones. It, those. It, it was deliberate. Those crafts were crashed on purpose for certain beings to get their foot into working with our military uh, for exchange of technology. It was a Trojan horse. It was a setup. It actually happened. Uh, there were extraterrestrials, but it was it was a Trojan horse. I believe it was uh, a setup to get our military involved into wanting to know more so they could do, you know, exchange of technology for whatever their purposes were i definitely believed it happened i just believe uh that these things didn't just accidentally crash i believe they crashed on purpose i believe it was a trojan horse you know what i i I can't argue with you you could be right i don't know i i believe something definitely crashed there i just don't know what the full details are yeah all right i believe more recent books was called Roswell, the ultimate cold case closed, was a, uh, and uh, I, I believe that uh, something definitely happened there. Um, and and uh, yeah, and what and what's your feeling on the debunkers out there, like the McWests, uh, you know, the people out there just constantly. Like, it seems like it's their mission in life to just, you know, uh, debunk. I, I couldn't name you one person of I debunkers bunkers out there. I don't I don't listen to people like that. If I see someone saying stupid closed minded stuff, I delete <laughs> them and block them out my algorithm. I'm serious. I don't I've been waiting thirty years and I've had my fair share of ridicule <laughs> and people and it's just I I don't got time for it. I I appreciate people that are um at, oh like this is a prime example of a debunker. There was some group uh, a few years ago, my girlfriend and I, we saw a UFO here in Southern New Jersey. We went outside. We were actually taking our dog out. We didn't have our phones with us. And it was this giant cloud and it was like morphing and shaping. And there was uh, like a metallic shimmer inside of it. Long story short, about 20 minutes, it was heading towards Philadelphia. Some guy up in the hood recorded this thing in Philadelphia, and it made it on the news. And it's a very well-known video now. And I'm like, man, that, that should have been our video. But we were just really taken back, and it was much larger when it. And then I saw these debunkers trying to debunk this guy's thing, something I saw for myself. And I saw what they were saying, and I'm like, they're absolutely wrong. I saw that, that that thing that guy recorded in Philly is absolutely real <laughs> because I saw it myself. And uh, it's it's like what 
like you said, they go so far out of their way. If they took the same amount of effort into debunking and they applied that in getting actual information, see, that's the thing. It's easy to debunk. It's hard to get factual information. You know? Yeah, yeah. They should take that effort and, all right, yeah, this is fake, that's fake, that's fake. If you're just going to say everything's fake, give someone, give everyone something real. Yeah, yeah. They, they can't accept it. They just have problems with it. They, uh, they'll just and no matter what, there's nothing you could do. I mean, until until it's a, a, a accepted, like you know, not by ninety nine point nine percent of the world scientists that that it is a reality that extraterrestrials are coming here. Until we get to that point, we're just going to have this group of debunkers out there, and it's just never going to end. And they're just it angers what hang, angers me the most is sometimes when I'll, I'll go on YouTube and there's a video that has like a million views with somebody somebody just talking they don't even know what they're talking about, and then you see a bunch of cons underneath. It's like wow, these people, all these people watch this video and they believe this guy. It's like how do you? I I feel that that's one of my frustrations, and I just I keep saying ah it. I keep blaming it on myself. Oh, it must be my ego. It must be it must be me. I need to not worry about those people. Good for them, but I would be lying to you if I said it didn't get to me when I work so hard on everything I do and the time and research and actually having evidence where someone can just get on there and it and I'm not saying like it there's a lot of people sharing their experiences without evidence in no shape or form. Am I saying that those experiences aren't real? I, I believe these things are real, secret space program, all these things, and blah, 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 blah. But when those things are getting more traction than things that are backed by evidence, we got a big problem. Yeah. Right? We got a problem. And that's that's where I start sweating and getting pretty same same situation where What's you the mainstream I, media we're, we're historical. We go over a lot of UFO history, things that are well documented, you know, CIA black vault documents, you know, uh, yeah. declassified freedom of information act. You know, we, we, we try to build that real case that there's people who say, Oh my, my uh, Palladian guy just contacted me. And it told me that, you know, we're liberated and UFOs are coming here along with aliens. And soon we will have medical technologies. It's, going to heal us all we're going to be fine and you have a plan don't let the dark ones win don't let the dark ones win and million views yeah and it's like are you how do you know this you know i I don't know like there's something people like i don't know how you know that how do you know this for i mean i don't know what's going the truth of the matter is i don't know how many are coming here i don't know i i I don't see how anybody could say well they know what's going on or why they're here we don't know yeah. We don't know, and then I don't know how anybody could say they're not coming here and that there's no proof. But when you, because when you put everything that's out there into totality, from the all the reports that the government have filed since the '40s, since this started, the you know the different image pictures that were taken at times when there was no CGI or you know like the McMinnville UFO. I mean, that's a very famous one, the picture of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there was film. There's so many different things that was done in the '50s and '60s where there's no way you could have that some. Uh, you know, regular Joe could have faked this, you know, and then there's the multiple witnesses and the, all these different cases, the abduction, the Betty and Barney Hill. I mean, that th- those people aren't lying. Uh, Tra- R- R- Richard Butler, the guy that worked on our case, he, uh, him and Bud Hopkins were behind Betty and Barney Hill uh, doing the, getting the regression therapy sessions going. 
So there, there's another one right there. Yeah. That's a good case. Oh yeah, and then and actually, so speaking of that, there's a a, a, a great TV movie from the '70s that was ba- about that whole incident called the UFO incident, and it was it's just released on Blu-ray. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I would definitely want to check that out. Uh, it's called the UFO incident. Actually, the guy who plays uh, the voice of Darth Vader, James Earl Jones, he does the voice. He plays the uh, Barney <laughs> Hill. Actually, that's awesome. Yeah, that's this, really this cool. before Star- this this movie was made in '75. It was a TV. Oh wow! Movie. This was so, so you could see James Earl Jones playing uh, Barney Barney Hill. That's that's pretty and, uh, cool, though. <laughs> yes, yeah, you might awesome. like that. I'm sure a lot of people would like a lot of people who like this subject would definitely like that movie. For sure. Um. I guess we, we, we've been talking for an hour and a half now, yeah. so I guess we could wrap things up. And I say I really appreciate, uh, you know, you know, being my first interview on my channel for for uh, for well, and uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah I don't know what to say. I mean, you know, we still we still get to the bottom of it yet. We don't know why they're here or what what's going on. I mean, you know, but uh, it's real, right? I mean. Scientific explore, scientific you know exploration. Yeah, you know, that's it's a big what, part yeah. of it. Yes, yes. All about scientific exploration. Uh, yes. Now, now, what what they're you know exploring, uh, their intentions, uh, it varies, and I think you know, it's a per basis kind of situation you know yeah especially I mean, so you in could a have, universe filled with life maybe some of them are planning on you know uh you know destroying us maybe some of them are trying to you know use that hybridization program to integrate our society and basically absorb our society and take it over i mean or maybe you know mm-hmm. some of the right could be out there protecting us uh i don't know i have no yeah. i have no answers i, I really don't know All i just the I know they're here yeah they're here what they're doing i don't know yeah but, and we're we're here and if we're here they're there you yeah. know what i mean <laughs> yeah i mean how could anybody debunk this thing when we have where there is a lot of uh evidence and then you go out and look at the night sky and you see all those stars and they ha- you don't they don't see that yeah <laughs> exactly. and we've been here for 13 billion years i mean come on it, human beings are the you know best evidence for extraterrestrial life there is we that, we are the best evidence i mean yeah, yeah we talk about wanting to capture an extraterrestrial when all we got to do is just go look in a mirror yeah. and <laughs> we might not be the most handsome extraterrestrials in the universe but <laughs> hey yeah we're that's still a here. great point great point <laughs> yeah i mean look at us i mean look at we're here so what makes you think there's nothing else out there there's definitely something yeah. else out there no yeah. question about it no doubt about it that's why we just got to keep searching. That's it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right, Robert. Well, thank you very much. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Good time. Yeah.